getting to know Jesus through one another. You're listening to Meet Fern Creek, brought to you by Fern Creek Christian Church. Well, welcome to another episode of Meet Fern Creek. I'm excited that we're recording this one on video uh, to introduce you to a relatively new member of our church. This is Jason. Uh, Jason is a part of the large family you've probably seen in the lobby, and you're like, who are these people? Uh, they take up the whole lobby. But it's amazing. Uh, so Jason, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, tell us anything you feel like is valuable for us to know about you. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, Jason Abbey. Um, uh, up until about five, four months ago, uh, I've been in the ministry, pastored uh, churches from Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Missouri, and here in Louisville. Uh, me and my wife are celebrating our 30 year anniversary today. We have six kids, five girls and one boy, and eight grandkids. Uh, majority of those are uh, here at the church. So when I resigned the church here in Louisville, we all kind of migrated over here. So uh, good, bad, or indifferent, you're stuck with us. So Yeah, I always love getting to talk to somebody who has worked in ministry before because they just get it. You know, a lot of people don't get what it's like to be on the day-to-day grind of trying to make disciples. Tell us what your career in ministry has looked like. Um, let's see. Well, um, I got saved when I was 18 years old. Uh, I went to Pensacola Christian College. I was there for three and a half years. I came home and met my wife. Um, we started working in the church. I became the youth pastor. I got ordained. I was the assistant pastor. Uh, then uh, I started our own church. So if you want to talk about pastoring, starting a church with a young family, oh that my. is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> uh, I pastor there for a few years, migrated to, uh, to Pennsylvania, uh, went to uh, Missouri, and uh, went worked in a boys' boarding school there uh, for troubled teens uh, boys. And then uh, up to four, four years ago, 2017, we came here to Louisville and took over a church. But uh, the Lord kind of just kind of let us know that it's kind of time for us to step back for a little while and just to kind of, we've always been the ones doing, 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 and uh, just to kind of sit back and kind of recharge our batteries and go someplace where we can be, I use the word fed because that's kind of a generic term, but go be a part of a family, get some community, um, and then be a part of something that uh, we can fully get ourselves involved with. So here we are. Yeah, what's what's the your favorite state you've ever been in? Okay, well, I'm born and raised in Connecticut, so I guess I'm partial. And so oh, yeah. I grew up right. I I grew up a five minute walk from the beach. So oh man. I, I would, I'll say Connecticut because there's Dunkin' Donuts at every corner, um, and so there's pl- <laughs> there's plenty of good Italian pizza places too. So Connecticut's probably my favorite place. So you're a Dunkin' guy. I am a Dunkin' over Starbucks. Donut. Well, Starbucks, yeah, Starbucks is good at a pinch, um, and I don't mind it. But if you wanted the daily grind. I get a, you know, I get to take a loan out from the bank to be able to go there every day to get something. So <laughs> large, light, and sweet from uh, Dunkin' is the way to go. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, tell us, uh, what, what, what's it like to pastor a church? Not only to start a church, but to to be a pastor within a church. What was, what was your inspiration to even become a pastor? And what did that God's calling look like for you? Uh, I am a second-generation preacher, so my dad's a pastor. So uh, when I was 17 years old, junior high school, he started a church. Um, so I've seen it from the inside out. Um, really, I think just, you know, being led of the Lord, just in the sense of, you know, we, 
when my wife were first married, we, we kind of coveted together just to uh, have a home that was different than the norm because you see a lot of our young people, uh, they just kind of, after a while, they just kind of fall away. And a lot of times they don't, you know, once they become teenagers or out of the house, they don't come back to church. So, you know, we, we, but we, we've been a lot of, we've been a lot of, through a lot of transitions. We've, we've been to the extreme right of things. We've kind of been, uh, you kind of, right now we're kind of right back in the middle of where I think where sh- things should be, but it's not easy. I mean, you look, you get, it's, it's not just, you know, well, pastors only work one hour a week. You know, um, every church is different the way their makeup is set up, but we had Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So you're preparing all those messages, especially when I first started at church, I was working 50 hours plus with a young family. So it was a lot of uh, wear and tear uh, mentally, spiritually, physically. But, you know, you gotta, the, the ministry is a place for, that you have to love people. You have to, you have to invest in people, um, love them, even though they may not be lovable. Mm. Um, and invest in mm. people that may not want you to invest in them. Or well, the hardest part for me, I, I, I'm one of those kind of, I'm a very loyal person. So if, if you and I become friends, I'm very loyal to you. Um, it is very hurtful when loyal people turn on you, I guess. So as a pastor, you can be loyal to people, even if sometimes they walk away from you. So um, it's just a lot. Uh, it's it's There is certainly rewards to it. Maybe not always seen right away, but what I have changed, you know, the old adage, you know, if you're looking back over, you know, I'm 52 years old, I will be here in May. Over 50 years of life and 30 years of marriage, 25 plus years of ministry, would you change things? Yeah, there are probably some things I would change. Maybe, you know, hindsight's always 2020 with my, uh, my wife would probably deny this, but my developed brain, you know, um, <laughs> we were at the mall today and she's like, where, where were you? And she's like, oh, here you are looking into the toys. So I was thinking through the Star Wars toys. I'm a big Star Wars fan, but um, you know, the 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 just the the love of people and just the idea that you know I want I want to be able to reach people and minister to people, and it's not sometimes always the easiest thing to be involved with. And would I have changed things? I would have probably tweaked some things a little bit. Am I glad for the experiences? You know, it's hard to say that because you know the experiences that you've been through are what you what made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would be the man I am today, having the family that I have today, if it were not for the experience I had, whether they be good, bad, or indifferent. Would you say that now, even though you're not working in a church, I mean that that desire to love on people and to invest in them probably hasn't gone away. You're just doing that a different way. Yeah, um, that is true. You know, there there is something called you, you probably you know burnout in the ministry. Yeah. Um, the kind of churches that we were in, um, we are no longer in, and so there's there is a different philosophy in especially in this church. That's one of the reasons why we like Fern Creek. Not only did we know people that when we first came here that introduced us to Fern Creek, um, but the the mentality of just we're just, we're going to love people. Uh, we're going to live by the word, not like, you know, traditions or practices that have been stemmed from 50 years ago, that type of thing. Um, so we're, you know, we're excited about the, the stage of life that we're in. Me and my wife, you know, this is the best last year or so. I had COVID about a year and a half ago. Um, mm. And there's a lot of trans. That's another reason why I had to resign. But just a lot of transformation in my personal self, my spirit, my mind in my physical body, uh, this is the best years of our life, uh, marriage wise. So I wish we would have done some things differently 30 years ago. Uh, maybe we wouldn't have had some of the hardships we've been through, but, uh, trans this is a fantastic stage of our life. You know, we are open to what God wants us to do. 
Uh, I'm enjoying, uh, it's hard for a preacher to sit down sometimes and like, you know, hear <laughs> other preachers preach because you're like, you know, my wife sits next to me and I get ADHD personified. I'm the typical squirrel, but, you know, a pastor will say something and, and I'll be scrolling through my phone on my Bible app going, oh, when that verse says this and okay, over here. And my wife's like, what are you doing? You're driving me nuts. So I, I guess the pastor brain kicks in on something, you know. <laughs> But it's just nice to be able to sit back and just listen um, and to be fed as opposed to always being the one having to be the man up there. So uh, will we eventually get back in the ministry if the Lord leads us to do so? Uh, I think we have a lot to offer him and we still do. Just a matter of finding the right place at the right time and just kind of getting ourselves back into it when we feel ready to do so. Right. What What have you enjoyed about Fern Creek in, in our community? What, what has stood out to you? Maybe certain people that have... Uh, certain people, they're always, they're, there's always there's always that one or two in the crowd that stand out and go, okay, uh, Josh Cooper is one of them. Gary, uh, I, I'm going to pronounce the last name wrong. Boss Chain. Boss Chain. Yeah. That dude is like he he is like you ever meet people are like dude? Are you for real? Are you are you really like this all the time, or is this like some act you put on on Sunday? I know. But he's the real deal. Um, and I've 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 been able to have lunch with some great people here in the church just to sit down and over, you know, some food and some drink and just be able to enjoy their fellowship. But Gary's a real deal. And he, 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 matter of fact, matter of fact, he texted me this morning um, and just said, happy anniversary. Love you guys, praying for you guys. And just the, I think what, what drew us here, you know, not only do we know people, we knew a couple families, um, but when we came here, we said, you know, this is, it's a real place. Uh, nobody's here trying to be better than anybody else. Nobody's here is trying to put on some airs as if they're the, some super Christian. We all have problems, as Craig said the other day, that uh, we're a church full of misfits, and we just, you know, we that's that's who we are. I just like the realism. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's trying to outdo somebody else spiritually. It's just, you know, we, people want to come to church. You can kind of sense that. So um, I, we, we love you. We love the music. Um, we we <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, and so although some, of the, some of the songs I don't know, uh, but... Uh, I just sing loud anyway, so just kind of let things roll as yeah. they will. So, you know, there's things that are done differently here than we've you've been used to in our previous churches, but different is not necessarily bad. It's just different. Yeah. And so we're just enjoying, you know, getting new, uh, meet new people, you know, out in the foyer, eating a donut, drinking some coffee, and people are coming in. And I am not a social, a, a wallflower. I'm a social butterfly. So I'd like to meet people. My wife's like, you ready to leave? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying to look around the room and see who I can say hi to and stuff, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's probably that that pastor side of you. That's probably true too. I, I hate when other people stand by themselves. So right, uh, with the hey, I'm Jason, and uh, how long have you been here? I met a guy about a month ago, and he said this is my first Sunday here. I'm like, well, man, that was like me about a month ago. So we're glad you're. I'm like, I'm glad you're here with us at church. I'm yeah, like, talk to him about Fur Creek, and I've only been here about a month. So, but uh, yeah, I think that you once you once you're a pastor, you always have that pastoralness to you, if that's the right word. So. Yeah, well, I was impressed before we actually started recording this. You said you play music. And uh, you sing. I sing. Do you uh, play any instruments? I play the radio. Um, <laughs> that is all I play. Um, no, but you know, when I started our church, even when I was uh, the, I was an assistant pastor and a youth pastor for nine years, um, I was also the song leader. So uh, when I worked in a boys' home, they had a church there on, on, on campus, and I, I led songs for them. So I've led songs, we sang, my, my daughter sang, uh, my oldest daughter plays the piano, but she's, she's the only one in my family that does not live here, she lives in Missouri, so I miss her, she played, she played our piano when I was pastoring when she was 10 years old, 
Oh wow! She was uh, she knew like a couple different uh, hymns, one or two congregate, you know, uh, uh, invitational songs, and that was it. That was her kick into it. So we played at the cross and just as I am a lot. Oh, that's so, awesome! Uh, but yeah, they all they all sing. All my girls harmonize well together. So eventually. We'd like to kind of get them into some of that type of stuff as well. So my youngest daughter, Emily, loves to sing. So kind of music. The minute we get in the car, the music's cranked and people are usually singing. So, Yeah, that's awesome. And one thing that, that I'm impressed by and I know I wanted to ask you about is, you know, I'm not part of a large family. I'm an only child. And so anything my parents did, I mean, it was just I was either home alone then or I went with them. But how do you keep six kids you know obviously one's in missouri but how do you keep all of them together and that they're all coming to church you guys come to church together and i think that's the coolest thing how, how did that happen how does that happen well, where's my wife when i need her because she has all the right answers for these questions <laughs> um you know we look back on it you know and just you know what did we do i, I don't think we really did anything out of the ordinary other than we made we made it we made a home that our kids love to be in. Um, you know, were we perfect? No, and I don't want to paint ourselves as like we have the perfect family because there is no perfect family. Mm-hmm. So, but we're real and we make mistakes and you know you know we we argue sometimes on the way to church and we come in and hey how you guys doing you know yeah. so that's that, that's everybody. But I think just the fact that you know our our kids love being around us and we just made our home fun um, and you know siblings are siblings no matter how old they are there's there's always going to be the, the the sisterly squabbles uh over boys when they were teenagers or, or whatever else but yet at the end of the day you know there's there's nothing there's nothing closer than than siblings so uh they are each other's friends and you know they they have each other over their houses uh they all come over our house and stuff uh, pretty much every sunday um they'll come over our house and we'll have all meals together and stuff and so uh i think just just having a home where your kids feel welcomed and they can bring their friends and just it's a real place and they grow up and that's the kind of home that they want to have too so i don't think there's anything that we you know we read a book on like you know how to step one step yeah two. because there really is no book because you know one guy has it this way one 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 guru has it another way so we trialed and aired it but you know, our kids just love being around us because i think we just made our home fun yeah oh, i like I, I like that and as i dream of of my own family one day that's definitely something i'll, I'll take to heart yeah, keep your home fun welcoming yeah and you know it, it, they say that you know kids get easier when they get older i'm not necessarily true how true that is now there are there are some things easier you don't have to worry you, you they can feed themselves shower themselves change themselves um you still have to clean up after them though just like you would a kid a little little, little kid but there's more there's more that you need to be there for them when they're older when when they're younger, you just tell them yes or no because mommy or daddy says. But when they're older, they're starting to ask the tough questions. That's when they need you more physically and emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, especially some of our kids. You know, when you when when you see a teenager kind of hanging around, and like they'll come into your room and say good night, and they're kind of hanging there, and they, you know, you know they want to say something to you. So just being there for them and answering their questions, and um, it's it's. It's exciting to see them open up and ask you, especially now. Like my son's twenty four, we had a we had a conversation a couple of days ago. He's like, "Dad, let me ask you some questions," and just the adult kind of questions. And that's that comes from trying to have a, a relationship with them and, and, and 
touching them emotionally and real, reaching where they are. And sometimes it's hard to draw that out of teenagers. But, you know, just the idea of they're, they're young, put them in bed, it's easy. But now it's like they want, they, they you have to invest more, a lot more time into them, I guess, mm. is the thing. So yeah. talk to them about their problems because it may not always be, they may not always be forthcoming in their answers. So yeah. learning how to be good detectives in asking the right questions to prompt the right responses. So yeah, that's interesting. Our, our we we shut the lights down. Can you believe that we're at the point in in the podcast where we shut the lights down? I guess that means we're done and we're back. Yes, we're back. The lights are back on. Uh, you know, we we failed to pay the electrical bill last month. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the lights are back on. Hey, I want to ask you. Uh, we're we're going deep, back deep, fast. Deep. And so uh, I want to ask you about. We're a church that seeks to make disciples, and we believe that's not Fern Creek's mission. That's just the mission given to us from from Scripture. And so, you know, as we try and and make disciples, I think there's one of the things I think churches need to do a better job at is saying how to do that effectively. And we, we don't just want to leave it as, hey, you've been given this command. Hopefully you figure it out. Go and do it. We, we want to give people strategies and stories and things that work when you're trying to make disciples. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people watching this who maybe they, they care about somebody they know, but that person doesn't know Jesus. And so how have you seen it in your ministry? What what works? What is effective in making disciples? I think, you know, years ago it was, you know, go to Sunday school, go to church, that sort of thing. In our day and day, especially since COVID hit, things are different. But I think the, I think the, the greatest example that we have is the life of Christ. You, you go through the Gospels, and it wasn't just, you know, I'm going to the synagogue, and I'll meet you there, and we'll talk there. And that's the only that's the only relationship we have is in the synagogue. He met people at the well. He met people on the street. He he went to their homes, and I think that's that's the difference. It's not a mechanical. We have to set up a time and a place, and then we'll talk about the Bible, as opposed to just living it out in real life and having a sense of community. Um, I think people realize what you want from them. I want you to come to church so you can get saved. Okay, so all the, only you, you only want to be my friend because you want me to go to heaven. How about being my friend because I need a friend? Mm. And so uh, I think the example of, of Jesus, he just went to people and loved them for who they were. And discipleship happened as he went. Um, he didn't sit down, okay, disciples, now we're going to open up our scrolls and now we're going to talk to you about, no, it's just they're fishing and he talked to them about deep spiritual matters. He, he's they're eating around a table and he's talking to them about deep spiritual matters. Mm. There is a sense of more of a community. And as life happened, so did discipleship, uh, as opposed to just, you know, going through the motions, let's go to Sunday school and you sit, you listen, and that's how you're learning. People, that's not the way people, especially nowadays in our culture today, that's not the way people respond. Um, and that's some things I think I've learned that the sterileness sometimes of church not the church is wrong so don't get me don't get me when i wrong when i say that church is a good place but sometimes church can also be very sterile mm-hmm. and so to to meet somebody at, at a coffee shop or 
to go to a home and around a couch or something along those lines, out to dinner, you know, around the table and talk to them. That's where real connections happen. Uh, and I think sometimes that's where our best growth happens because we're just real with people. We don't have to put on the quote unquote facade at church and pretend to be more spiritual than we really are. We can, you know, talk shop and we can be real, whether it's at work or around a table or at our homes, you know, sipping on a cup of coffee or watching, you know, the ball game on, you know, on TV or March Madness, you know, come and, on. And the, come on. So go UConn. <laughs> UConn, UConn ladies fans, so oh. um, the men uh, not so much because they have their issues, but UConn ladies. So let's yeah. go. Uh, I'm not even sure what the rank this year. Now that we're just off topic completely, but anyway, I think the rank number six or seven now this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I know UConn didn't get the women's team. They didn't get the one seed, but they got pretty sure they got a, a two or three seed, and now they're healthy. You know that Paige Buchers was hurt for a while, but she's back. Yeah. So they they got a shot. So let's uh, let's all say it one one time. Go UConn. <laughs> well, you know, back to the the discipleship thing. I, I derailed it. I'm sorry. Oh no, dude! I could talk March Madness for hours. I I have to hold myself. Actually, my bracket is sitting in my office, unfilled right now. Oh, I'm doing research. Go. I'm in the research phase. I mean, see, look, I already got distracted again. But I think one of my struggles uh, with that is I'm to, I'm starting to learn that discipleship happens more in real life context uh more in either one-on-one atmospheres or very very small group atmospheres not like 20 people small group more like a three or four uh small group but it's almost like a discipleship happens by accident more so than on purpose. If that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. You know, so yeah. go ahead. I just derailed your thought. But I think that's one of the things I struggle with is my job is all programming, 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 Sunday, 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 this song, that song. And sometimes I even forget myself. And it's not that, the, like you said, not that those things are bad. And they're definitely tools to, to help people get to know Jesus and have a worship experience with him. But it's not exactly where effective discipleship happens. And that's what I'm learning. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it doesn't matter what, who you are or what you say, because sometimes we, especially guys, we can put on this real tough, I don't need you exterior. God has designed everybody with the need to be wanted and to have community, to be around people. Uh, now, some of us, like myself, I'd be, you know, if I was a drinking man, I'd be, I'd be the closer at the bar. That's me. Others, like my wife, she's like, let me have a good book in, in, a, in a quiet little room by myself, and I'm good, you know. So we're all different in that regard, but we all still need to have people around us, and that's that's a something I think God designed each one of us to be. And that's a that's a discipleship happens, as I said, sometimes more by accident than on purpose. Just those we're just going to get together and have some coffee and as we as we drink coffee we start talking about life and things and that's where we're, we 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 build off each other and god has used different experiences in our lives and sometimes god allows us what paul said that in corinthians that sometimes you go through things if no other reason than when you come victorious at the end or you go through that season of life you're going to meet somebody that has that same problem and you're going to be able to help them with the same things that you went through mm. so Man, let's. Uh, I just want to end this. I want to know your favorite ministry moment. Or it could be something funny. It can be something, just a crazy story. 
uh, from oh man, your I, you time know, in I had so many stories to tell. Well, uh, especially when you're a youth pastor and going to teen camp. Oh no! Oh no! Um, we just I, got back from one. I have. I won't say this is my wife will be like, "What you said? What?" Uh, but uh, I sometimes I say the dumbest things from the pulpit. You know, I, I I just really do. Um, uh, I, I'm somewhat dyslexic, so sometimes things come out wrong. Like, uh, you know, let's all, it, it, when uh, I, we give invitations, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody listening. You know, let's all stand, no, let's all turn and stand on our hymnals instead <laughs> of stand and turn to our hymnals, you know. So I sometimes <laughs> say dumb things. But if I have a ministry moment that was just crazy, um, you know, I don't know if I could think, I think you put me on the spot here. I did. You know, I want everybody to know that I, I didn't send him these questions beforehand. This is literally on because my wife would have filled out every one of yeah. them. And I'd have like everything. <laughs> she would have said, make sure you say this and then inflect this. Uh, but uh, no, my wife, my wife is, you know, I say that kind of funny, but my wife is my best friend and she's, she's a whole lot smarter than I am. Uh, when, when she really is when it comes to things. So, um, I tell you, while you think of something, I want to tell a story about Josh Cooper real quick. (laughs) Don't tell him. Don't walk out of here and say... That's exactly what I'm going to do. apparently there's a story, and Emily, you may know this too, apparently there's a story where Josh Cooper was preaching (laughs) when he was a youth pastor here, and he's in the middle... I'm sorry, I'm cracking up. In the middle of his message, he goes, no, Jesus wasn't perfect. (laughs) And then he got to the end and he said, that thing I said 20 minutes ago, I really didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just preaching away and I just got, a, I got overwhelmed by a spirit. I'm not sure which one it was. Oh, it happens. Um, okay, so I, I, this is one of the ones that popped up. So I guess this is more of a guy. I think girls probably wouldn't appreciate this too much. So we had um, neighborhood Bible time when I was pastoring in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> we had eight acres behind us, big old field. Um, and it just got, uh, we had a rainy season, you know, in, in, I live just below, uh, Lake Erie, 30 minutes South of Lake Erie. So it snows from mid November to mid April, which I'm so glad I'm, I'm, I'm out of there, but it's like mud before snow and then mud again oh. and then summer. So, and I'm not a big fan of mud. Give me paved roads and sidewalks, not dirt roads and mud. Yeah. Anyway, so the, it, it's, it, the, the fields were, were kind of wet back there. So we had a fire truck come. And uh, we had big tarps laid out, you know, big slip and slides, you know, tube tubs, you know, the fire department spraying the kids with hoses and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, well, we told him he had to go down a certain path that was dry. Well, he didn't pay attention and he ended up getting a fire truck, fire engine stuck in our field in our back. So, and, you know, so this is country. So country, this is what country people li- live for. If, if you ever go out to the country, dirt roads. These, these good old boys with these pickup trucks, they look for people that are in ditches to pull them out. That's what they live for. Anyway, so we called down to our local guy down the corner there, uh, Woodward, to, uh, he has a tow truck, one of those old, you know, the older style ones, uh-huh. and with the cable on it, and uh, to pull out the fire truck. No, I'm sorry. The first thing, they bought one of those, you ever see those big, long, uh, I don't even know what they are, graders, but like it had the big blade in the middle. Oh, yeah. yeah the big wheels in the back, kind of thinner towards the front, big graders. They got one of those from the town and uh, went to go pull out the fire engine with that. That got stuck. So now we have a fire engine up to like the hub 
of the wheels in mud. We have this big old grater, whatever you want to call it, stuck in there. We call Woodward with the big old winch because we're going to winch it out. We'll be able to pull them out. And so Woodward is, you know, well, about 100 yards away or whatever what it is from the, the vehicles with a big old winch. And it's winching, it's winching, it's winching. And all of a sudden, like, the boom snaps and, like, that big old thick cable goes flying. His machine's broke. So now we have a broken rig, two stuck vehicles in our, in oh our field. Oh, my goodness. Do do? The guy across the street from us was, was a National Guard guy. And so they brought their striker vehicle. You ever see one of those things? It's like a 95,000 pound beast of a machine. And this thing came rolling. We had to wait for a couple hours, but this thing came rolling down the dirt road and into our parking lot. And and uh, this thick, like one and a half inch, two inch cable walking out there. And he just hit a little button and pulled both things out like, like there was nobody's business, and so the kids all got pictures on the on the on, on that thing and stuff. So that was probably a cool moment. That's awesome. Uh, pastor. Like what other pastor has you know army vehicles going to their church to oh yeah pull out like town <clears throat> trucks out of their out of their field. So that was that was a pretty fun moment. Well, that's cool. Well, thanks, Jason, for for coming on the show, Meet Fern Creek. Well, and I appreciate the opportunity too. So uh, I hope. Uh, Somebody new introduces themselves to you on Sunday and, and gets to know you and your story and your family. And so glad you guys are here. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this, that if you're ever in the area, I guess this is my pastor side coming out. Yeah. But if you're ever in the area, if you want a good church to come to, come out here to Fern Creek. A uh, bunch Amen. of people that love the Lord and that are real. And I think you can find a real home here. So, uh, Well, thanks for that. Hey, church, grace, peace. See you Sunday. Well, thanks for listening to our show, Meet Fern Creek. I want to encourage you to download our Fern Creek Christian Church app today, available on the App Store and on Google Play. You can worship with us this Sunday at 845, 10, or 1115. See you there.